tonight on The Goblin's Corner. It doesn't start in a bar. That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblin's Corner. My name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And tonight... It doesn't start in a bar. Does not start in a bar. This is... <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh. I really am. This is the episode where we give you, our dear listeners, other ways to start a game instead of a goddamn tavern. Doesn't have to start in a bar because it doesn't start in a bar. Exactly. And that's the premise for this evening's show. However, first we're going to start with the question of the week. Yes. So hit me. What's the question of the week? Since we're starting, as since we're talking about starting, rather, what is your favorite type of NPC to start an adventure with? Hmm. You first this time. All right. I, I mean, locals are always good. So I generally, it really, hmm, that's a tough one. So, depending on the adventure I'm running, I like to start an adventure with something that seems relatively innocuous at first, and then just kind of rabbit holes forward. So, in terms of an NPC type, that would be what? Um, hmm. Farmer's a little tropey. Obviously... It's not going to be your local bartender because it doesn't start in a bar. Um, I do like, for me, someone who makes sense to have the kind of currency necessary to start an adventure. So a merchant, low level, I was going to say a low level noble or a relatively rich merchant are good ways to start an adventure. I like those. I like both of those, actually. Merchants and nobles are really good ways to start adventures for, especially for beginning groups or beginning campaigns, but even like mid to high level would be great for that. And they're great uh, with Tasha's coming out. They are great to kind of tie yourself into that whole patron concept that they've gotten that. Um, I also like someone that the group, if they're starting off all knowing each other, Someone that they all have a reason to listen to. Like, if you're starting off in your hometown, because this is a first-level game, the mayor, the guard captain, someone who it makes sense would be interacting with this group to try and get them to solve problems. So, I feel like those are all solid choices. I like... NPC types in that it's not really a type, but I like the situation whereupon something falls into the character's lap, often literally. I'll give you an example. The courier who's running from someone or something, yeah, and he stumbles, maybe he on his dying breath, he gives a letter that he has to deliver to the king. Sure. And that starts your adventure. Or a thief who come stumbling out of the alleyway, stabbed in the back, and as he dies, you see a treasure map. Yeah. So I guess I guess the, the NPC type would be the dying, di- the dying character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be mine. Uh I, I liked I just like that idea of out of nowhere this thing happens and 
the characters are forced to deal with it. And it is so much better if you do that with a low-level character that doesn't have Speak With Dead yet, because the cleric just doesn't have it yet. So you're not getting answers. Well, keep in mind, Speak With Dead is still, they don't necessarily have to answer fully. They have to answer truthfully. Right. But they don't have to say the whole thing. They can be as cryptic as you make them. Yeah. So you can still kind of get around with that. But that's 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 generally kind of how I like to do is just they're just walking along and all of a sudden fate stumbles upon them. Sure. Now, this is our and by the way, we should backtrack just a bit. Uh, I want to say that this is our last episode of the year. Oh, so it is. I suppose yeah, this is the last episode in the dumpster fire of 2020. Glory. And I got to say, it's been a hell of a ride, but we've done it We're we're at the end of it. And granted, we are recording this ahead of time, sure. so it's very possible that when this airs, we could be swimming in a sea of lava, there could be zombie apocalypse, right. the star could have exploded. Fighting off an alien invasion. It could be anything. An I alien mean, zombie invasion. God help us. It could happen. So hopefully, we'll be able to listen to this and, and laugh about all of the horrible thoughts that are running through our mind right now. It's true. But if not, eh. At least future cockroach historians will be able to dig up this episode and and learn something about TTRBGs, yeah. gaming, storytelling, and and they won't start their game in a bar. That's damn right. Now understand, a bar is a perfectly acceptable place to start a game, and we have both started many games in a bar, but it has become such a trope that we would like to provide some other options. Yep. We have provided a couple of different scenarios. What I would say, free ideas for you to use. Sure. Just to kind of kickstart having a different starting experience. This could be for a session zero. And if you don't know how to start one of those, go back into our databanks. We've got an episode entirely on session zero. In fact, I believe that's Episode nine. I think so. But it could also be the first game that you start after the session zero. Yeah. Which is episode 10, by the way. Or this could just be maybe you're in between the major theme and you're doing some downtime and you want to move to the next story arc. These can also be ways to get in to jump from one story arc to the next without kind of ham fisting it. Sure. If your people just got back from wiping out the dragon's lair and, you know, everybody's relaxing, enjoying themselves, doing all the downtime stuff, and they're just finishing up, you know, they they go to the enchanters to pick up their new magic armor and all of that. And then as soon as they step out of the enchanters, boom, there comes the courier dying in their arms. Dies in their arms, leaves this bloodstained note. I love this. I love this idea. I don't, to whom it may concern. To whom it may concern. Please take this to treasure map. Old prospector wanders into town. He's got a pick in his back. Why are they all stabbed in the back in my head? I don't know. You can stab people in the front. I know, but he just, he wanders into town. He's got a pick stabbed in his back. He's got a treasure map or some old mine. He trips and it's the fall that takes his last yeah, hit point. Yeah, there's just a kobold print right <laughs> on his map. So the adventurers know, oh man, we got to. Deal some trap welding kobolds. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's my favorite. So we've grouped these into five 
kind of loose categories. I mean, we're going to probably jump back and forth between some of these, but I've got them grouped as location-based starts, so places. Right. Group situations. Yeah. So event. Uh, we have events. Yeah. Omens and portents. Yeah. I like that one also. Thank you. And then you wake up in whatever situation. You wake up and you're fucked. Like yeah. it could be any. And we've got a bunch of those as well. Now, we didn't add any, interestingly enough in this, any NPC starts. That's true. We didn't add. Right. Which is, which is NPC ironic. NPC starts could be at in any of these locations. Correct. Though, or and, situations. And really, I feel that if you want to do an NPC start, it's better to make some interesting NPC characters first. Right. Which, going back, making a character, I don't remember the episode number. Is it three? Four? Mm, might be four. Might be, who cares? Yeah. That, they're not going to listen to it anyway. Anyhow. <laughs> they'll listen. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they might listen. Or hopefully they've already listened. And if you have. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. So should we jump into these? Sure. You oh. want to start with locations? Let's do some locations. There's lots of different ways you can do location-based starts to a campaign or story arc. And we're just going to name a couple of them off. The first one that comes up in my sick brain is a jail. Sure. You're, you start off in a jail. All of your characters are in a jail, either for a crime that they committed or for a crime they didn't commit. Another side of that is you are approached by a deputy to come to the jail because the sheriff, cop, whoever, a figure of authority, wants your input on something. And that starts, it can uh, go either way there. Very Silence of the Lambs. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, I love that. We come up and you maybe meet the master criminal, which starts you on a quest to do something. Yep. Uh, in opposite of that, a church. Sure. <laughs> if you've got a cleric... You can certainly tie it to their church. That's an easy in. Sure. And if you don't have a cleric or your game doesn't require a cleric, for example, <clears throat> Shadowrun. Sure. Then the church might be a, not just maybe a place of worship, or it could be the local internet cafe that is on the matrix. Right. Yeah. Where basically wherever people gather for shared beliefs. Yeah. That's very true. I like this one also. A wizard tower. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're called or summoned or physically summoned yes. by the wizard, if it's a particularly powerful wizard. Maybe wondering why I've brought you here. You just teleported me in here, so it better be important. That is also a great way to tie together... Patrons? Well, patrons, want, yeah, absolutely. But also to tie together a character group that does not specifically know each other at the start of the campaign. Ooh. Now, all of a sudden, they are forced to know each other. Because yeah, you're, you're all in this together. Hell or high water. A, sitting in a room in a summoning circle with a bunch of randos. Who are these guys? Well, I better learn that quick because I'm being forced to do this task right. with everybody else. And speaking of that, another thing that can be thrown in, and this is mostly, this is heavy-handed, I think, but if you're playing with a particular group of characters that tend to be a pain in the ass, throwing a geese on them in addition to summoning them, that's a way to do it. And I'll tell you the perfect example that we actually played with, the evil campaign. Yes. Now, 
I often will say... We absolutely... You, those characters would have murdered each other. If it was not for the gears that every single one of them had on them. Yeah. Because, and if you listen to our episode on alignment, playing chaotic evil is fun. Neutral evil is fun. Lawful evil is fun. But it is really, really hard to have any type of group cohesion. Yes, if those don't necessarily get along despite being fun. Yeah. And one of the ways we got around that was that the person running it had it had all of the evil characters geased yep. to work together. They were forced to work together, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. And we went into it knowing that. So it's not like it it was a heavy handed approach, but not in a negative way. Yeah, we all kind of knew that it was it was it was the approach was, to begin the story and we knew that going in that so was it was session, a non issue. Yeah. That was our session zero. We knew that we were geezed, we knew that we were all going to be working together and then of course we tested it. Sure. But that allowed us to then play at the tops of our ability without completely destroying the group yeah. at the same time. Yeah, so wizard star are great. I like this next one as well. Again, another location-based. Everybody meets on the battlefield. Now, this could be the aftermath of the battlefield. Maybe you wake up and you're one of the injured, right? Everybody's injured. They're down to one hit point, and you meet just the survivors of the battle. Right. For or against. Each other, yeah. Or you're in the middle of a damn battle. Yep. We started a campaign, and I can't remember which, it, which one it was, where we literally were in the middle of fighting a army of orcs. Hmm. Matt, Matt's trying to dig that up from the depths of his massive so brain. Many games. Yeah, we don't. It, it doesn't matter where where it came from, but that's that's definitely a really cool thing because in improv they say get to the heart of the action first. Like, there's no need to just cut to it. Yeah, yeah just cut to the chase. Right, jump in the middle of the scene. This is a perfect example of that. You start in a damn battlefield and you're fighting. Guess what? If all of your characters, this is great for martial bent campaigns as well. Sure. In, in that, you know, you might have a war wizard, you might have a thief who's a scout. Yep. But this is also great. I'm at, okay, let's go sci-fi, right? You're in the middle of a DMZ. Yeah. You're in the middle of a turf war or you're in the middle of a, of a uh, ship combat battle. Yeah. That's, I was just about to suggest there's a fire ship combat. Yeah. There's a firefight going on. And in deep space for guns no reason. blazing, yeah. yeah. And that's how the game starts. What a great way to get to the heart of the action first. I agree. I like I like this last one in terms of locations that you wrote in. Everybody is working off their debt in a mine. So you've done something wrong or you've crossed the wrong people fiscally. Yep. And uh, you're in a mine. Just paying your time. This is a good one because everyone has done something. So mm -hmm. all of you are forced to work together, even though it's not as ham-fisted as a geese. No. And it doesn't have to be a mine, but mines are great because if you're talking D&D, you're already in a dungeon. Yeah. Most mines are basically dungeons. So then it becomes a survival type campaign if you want, or escape. Sure. Learning about your characters, it could be intrigue if you're trying to survive the harsh mining duties. And it can also go in a couple of different directions. Uh, well, 
specifically, it can go up or down. Are you escaping to leave or are you escaping into the underdark or have you discovered something down there and you guys are just biding your time until you've paid off your, your debt. And then you're going to go back on your own choices to cash in on what it is you've found. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a mine either. It could be you're working in, uh, as a chain gang, yep. you could be picking up trash. You could be doing community service. You could start the game. Any type of manual labor, really. Force, force labor, breaking rocks outside. Fishing, even. Sure. You could be stuck on a fishing boat. Yep. And so that's not necessarily forced, but more of a, think of any type of hard work where everyone's forced to work together in a location that they can't just immediately run from. Right. So there are just a couple of examples of locations that you can use to get started in a campaign. Sure. Next, we're going to start off with situations. All right. Now, these are not necessarily locations, although they might be, but these are more, and I would say party situations versus individual situations. Yep. Some of these are location slash situation, but the it's the a impetus loose, being on situation. It's a loose category. Yep. All right, so first we're going to start off with one that actually was the basis for the start of Dark Sun. Mm-hmm. You start off as slaves. Yep. You're on a slave caravan. That was- uh, Under second- attack. Yeah, yeah. Under, it was. Uh, we're going to get to that. It's under attack. Second edition Dark Sun, yep. the first module from the game. Yes. Now, I would be remiss to say, if you're going to start a game in this way, you need to ensure that everybody in the game is okay with this scenario. Yeah, because this requires a session zero. This brings up topics. And if you start off like this, you're probably not going to have any crap. So you're not going to have all those whiz magic devices or technology that you might have. Right. Because you start off with nothing. Yeah. So think about that. Next one. You wake up in an alley and you're all wanted. I love this one. I should have put this one in the wake up category, but this is more of a situation yeah. than a Because it's really about the wanted more than the alley. Sure. You, and this doesn't have to necessarily be an alley. I just find this more amusing that you all wake up in an alley, preferably, you know, rolled for your money. Sure. And yeah, everybody's wanted. They're on the wanted list. People are out to get you. This is another way to, to go about this is you wake up after a night on the town and you're wanted, yep. now you've done something. Or haven't, mm-hmm. but you're wanted anyway. And so the story essentially is, what did you do? Or what did you get blamed for doing? Right. Moving on to that, what Matt likes to call the DM's reversal, and I'll, get, I'll let him explain this one. Everyone suffers from amnesia. Yep. So you've got a lot of people who at least once in their character history life has either been just last minute invited to a game or was really busy or just couldn't be bothered. And they're like, oh, hey, my character doesn't remember anything. They're a complete amnesiac and all they are is a list of skills and numbers. So the DM's reversal is you've written 
an actual character history for all of these characters, but none of them remember anything. Bonus points if the DM writes the character's history with the player's permission. Yes, that is that is the best way to go. You got to have a trusting group of characters for that because knowing my twisted brain and your twisted brain. Oh yeah, we're terrible people. We come up with some fun stuff. For I've them. said this over and over. It's true. I like to call this the the dead alive scenario. One of the characters who was dead mysteriously pops back alive for whatever odd ass reason. Could be magic, could be fate, could just be some kind of strange temporal issue going on. But and it could even be you were at the funeral and next thing you know There they are. There they are, standing right next to you. You could even do the comedy entrance for that, right? The casket's being lowered into the ground, and the person is standing there watching. Who, I wonder who died. <laughs> right. What? Who, be who died? What's going on? Oh, yeah. That'd be perfect. Or you get back to the house, and, you know, she's just sitting there on the couch. Yeah. What's going on, guys? Should be great. Uh, and then, of course, everybody wakes up in the morgue. Yes. The- and that's. Planescape Torment. Exactly, yeah. The, the game Planescape Torment, you wake up in the morgue, you have no idea what's going on, you're dead. Or you were. So those are always fun situations to wake up. There is one, uh, and there's a version of that that I would like to explore as well that I didn't think of, which why I didn't write it down, is the game starts, all of you were characters that got killed by the main bad guy. Right. And then got resurrected by a high-level priest to save the realm. Sure. So I thought that was kind of a, a cool idea for that as well. I have a, a similar concept to that, but it's... Uh, Something we need to explore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the next one is one that I I haven't actually seen done before, nor have I done it myself. I think it's a great idea. Which is, all of you are... This especially works if you're not starting off at first level. Mm -hmm. It's a great way to start a campaign that's starting at a slightly higher level. Everybody's being knighted, and you only know each other by reputation. So you meet at the castle, about to get knighted, you're going through the ceremony, and this is great because either A, you could be given a task, B, some shenanigans could happen during your coronation. Oh, yeah. There There could be an assassination. Or a dragon could attack the castle. I mean, there are so many options. So many scenarios. Wonderful. And it also provides another location option that we didn't discuss, which which was where does your adventure start? In the king's castle or queen's castle. Mm -hmm. Or at the event. Yeah. Wherever that happens to be. All of you are from different thieves' guilds. And are meeting for the first time. Obviously, this is a Thieves Guild centric campaign, but this could also be something like maybe you all work for different crime bosses. Yeah. And you are a representative of that crime boss, and you're meeting some of the competition, maybe to hash some stuff out or divide territory, and then shit goes down. Could be an attack. Yeah. Could be maybe one of the representatives attacks you. Or it could be something completely random. Yeah, it could it could end up being that an outside force is attempting to take over all of the crime syndicates. Whether it's criminal or law. Yeah. 
and it forces your characters to band together. Now, I also like the reverse of this, which is all of you do represent, or all of you are members of other crime syndicates, but you all already know each other, and you guys are working on the inside of all of this for the betterment of just you. So you're kind of Ocean's Elevening it. Sure. Bunch of different criminals from different organizations getting together to take away power from the people you work for. Yes. And, well, to collect power yes. from the people you work I for. I love yeah. that as well. I think that's a great idea. Here's another one. Everyone is a refugee from something. Yep. Uh, you're a refugee from a dragon attack. A war. You're a refugee from some kind of cataclysmic event. Yep. It- and in, there's so many. I mean, you know, any this, this, any type of thing that causes refugees. This is the survivor story arc. Sure. Which I think is a real fun thing to come about. It's it's easy. You're all refugees. Bam. Here's what you got. Yep. It's a way to bring everybody together because you can meet either being healed, much like the battlefield example we provided. Yeah. You could meet in whatever town you happen to have. This is great, by the way, for uh, survival scenarios like horror games. Yeah. You could be the de facto guards for a refugee caravan. Absolutely. Like you're the people most capable of ensuring that the caravan isn't attacked. Mm Mm-hmm. And finally, and you're brilliant for coming up with this because I didn't come up with this one. This is awesome. You've been all deeded the same plot of land which is a ghost town. Yes, indeed. It started with the the seed of you've all been deeded the same plot of land, whether you know each other or not. Yep. Right. And then I was like, but how do you turn that into an adventure? Oh, well, that entire plot of land is a ghost town. Okay, so now you have to find out why is it a ghost town? How do you solve whatever is the cause of it being a ghost town exploring the ghost town exploring the ghost town there's so many ways to go into that and if you want to go low level on this you could even just have it you you're deeded a specific plot of land instead or if you are and this again goes great with horror survival games the spooky house on the top of the hill that everybody meets up at maybe you all have a rich uncle that deeded it to you, or I brought you here for a reason. The space station that went silent. Oh yeah, absolutely. That would be great. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't, we, a lot of our comments are themed around fantasy style games, but a lot of these concepts easily lend themselves to other game systems. Here's, here's a great example. You've been deeded a, portion of cyberspace in the local area network on the matrix sure you log in and it's just this cryptographic nightmare that you have to figure out yep Uh, black ice and everything yeah so there's there are so many directions you can take that as long as you take the base seed and these are not full-fledged descriptions obviously these are just example starters to get you guys thinking yeah get your brain started so those are scenarios now, we've got events, mm-hmm. but we will come to that. After these messages? If there are any topics you would like us to cover, goods or services you would like us to review, or if you would like to sponsor an episode, we would love for you to contact us at info at 
goblinscorner.com. See you there. And we're back. Welcome back. All right, so we're talking about locations and scenarios to start your game. Outside of a bar. Because it doesn't start in a bar. Correct. So what have we got next, Matt? Events. Okay. Give me some event ideas. Okay, you could do a reunion in your hometown. Ooh, I love it. High school reunion? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, what other reunions do they have? What other reunions are there? I mean, Family reunions? Sure, that actually would be kind of cool if everybody's actually related. Oh, that would be kind of cool. I don't think we've ever played a game where everyone's related. No. I like that idea, actually. Should, that's, should, that's really cool. We're going to run that sometime. There could also be a reunion of an event that maybe happened 20 years ago. Old Man Withered's died on the top of the hill and his ghost still haunts the town. This is the 20th anniversary of his death. Sure. Uh, you can do, I mean, the obvious one that gets people together. Somebody's getting married. Yeah. And you're here for a wedding. Or if you want to be sarcastic, a divorce party would also work. Yep. Funeral. Funerals are another good example of bringing people together. Uh, some other events can include any type of festival situation. Now, we can expand upon this a bit because you could have a town festival. You could have a festival in just like a location. Yeah. Like a like a home, someone throwing a party. Yeah. Or you could have maybe slightly bigger... I guess a mid-range, like a, an event, like a party, a rave, a some kind of co- a band concert or some, of some sort. Yep. You can, and festivals encompass a lot of, th- you could, it could be a holiday festival. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's traditional for people to go home for the solstice, the winter solstice, right? Most of us under normal circumstances go home for Christmas Yep. or solstice or what have you. But you could also do uh, damn near every city, state, county, what have you, has a dogwood festival, shrimp festival, music in the park. Purple goat festival. Yeah, yeah, whatever festival it happens to be. Whatever your town is good at, there's probably a festival for it. And if your town's not great at it, there may still be a festival for it. Yep. Go sci-fi. Concerts are great. Those types of festivals because... It's a lot of people, a lot of noise, a lot of confusion, a great place for something untowards to happen. I mean, look at the first movie, The Matrix. Neo goes to that goth club. You don't remember that? It has been so long. Follow Did the you light. hear that, that silence for a second there? It has been so long since I've seen that movie. That silence will be edited out, sir. <laughs> I will not let that silence exist in this podcast. Follow the White Rabbit? I, I remember that. I don't actually remember the club scene, though. Playing a little Rob Zombie? Oh, okay. Kind of like the like the opening rave scene for Blade. Yes. Well, that's another good example of that, yes. the One of, one of the better first Marvel movies. Sure. I mean, there, was, there were ones before that, but they sucked. That was the crossover point for generations of Marvel movies, I feel like. Yes, absolutely. So parties, events, these are really good ways to get people to play that are not in a bar. Yeah. 
doesn't start in a bar. In addition to that, you can even go more of a metaphysical route to start a campaign using omens and portents. Uh, I really want to do this one is starting the game in a dream sequence. Everybody's dreaming. Maybe it's a shared dream, which would be great. Yeah. If it's not, then everyone has an individual dream and that is a perfect session zero. Yeah. Like, the first game starts, you guys all wake up and you all have the same dream. How cool would that be? Very cool. Uh, everybody has, uh, everybody's wide awake and receives the same vision. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Or they all are hallucinating off drugs and they receive the same consensual hallucination. Sure. Or they've summoned some kind of spirit that gives them a particular vision of something. You know, you're, they're playing a game, a video game, and it gives them all the same message. Some kind of shared visual message. Yep. Uh, I like this one. A talking animal gives you a quest. Straight up, that's all it is. Yep. You're just hanging out, doing what you're doing. Your characters are hanging out, doing Little what they're doing. Little bunny foo-foo hops up. Hey, listen. <laughs> <laughs> In the voice of the... Uh, the fairy. From yeah, from from Legend of Zelda. Yep. A goat with a long white beard rolls up. Stay a while and listen. Oh yeah, Decker Kane action there for you. Another omen important. Everyone's dead. They meet while they're dead, and then they get resurrected, which would be great. Now, third edition had was it third or second edition that had Ghost Walk. That was third edition. That was third edition. Yeah. And it was an entire game where you start out, you're dead. You're dead. Yeah. That's Straight. how your character works. And you could, they could get to level 20 being dead. And then you, at some point you could get resurrected and you could either start over or you'd get like maybe bonus feats or something from learning something while you were dead. Right. Again, if you're not running a fantasy game, being dead would be a great way to start a Sin Eaters campaign. Right. Because... The whole point about Sin Eaters is they're dead and they merge with a Geist. Or. Vampire. Sci-fi campaign. It, like, literally, this is the, these are the flashes you're getting before the paddles hit you. Oh, yeah. I love that. So, I mean, that whole brief moment in your mind could take however long it takes. That also would work. Or. You're in cryosleep. And you are in hyperspace, and because of the hyperspatial dimensions, you are technically dead, but you are all meeting together, and then you come out of cryosleep, even though you've never technically met each other. You now know each other, as if just because of the weird spatial dimensions. Sure. You were on a ship that has run out of oxygen, and you get rescued at the last minute, but you've been asleep with carbon dioxide poisoning and all of that. And you've been on the verge of life and death for the longest time. Mm -hmm. And they pop in and refresh your oxygen. I'm going to go one more for you. So I don't know if you guys ever read steel beach by John Varley, but in that book, it's more or less post scarcity society. Like we can't die because we've got nanites in our body and the computer that is run on Luna or the moon can rebuild you. If you die, one of the main characters ends up, trying to kill himself 
and is being rebuilt. And as he's being rebuilt, he's in this virtual dreamland while his body is healing and he's learning all this beneficial stuff and the computer's talking to him the whole time. And it is literally instantaneous. Like nice. months go by and it's been like a couple of seconds or a couple milliseconds. So it could be some kind of sci- super sci-fi version of that too. Sure. So those are some omens important types of scenarios that you can rock. Finally, we come to what I like to call you wake up and you're kind of fucked. And this is more of a dropping your characters into a situation and having them figure things out. Yeah. So you wake up in the belly of a monster at sea in a cargo hold on a desert island. I love that one. Or any type of deserted area. Yeah. You wake up underground. You wake up in a graveyard surrounded by a ring of bodies. Mm-hmm. You wake up in space, either, and I would say you wake up floating in space, tied to the rest of your crewmates. You wake up in cyberspace. Yeah, maybe you're a ghost in the machine. You wake up buried beneath layers of ice or snow. You wake up buried under some type of rubble. You wake up next to... I wrote this one. He did. You wake up next to a very sexually satisfied ogre. Giant. Or formian. Any type of giant creature. Modron. You wake up next to a sexually satisfied monster. How about that? In in a very uncompromised position. Uncompromised? Very compromised position? A very compromised position. (laughs) You wake up next to... Yeah. Something. You wake up next to something. All of these are, I drop you in... And you got to figure it out. Now, some of this is just amusing. Some of this is more of a survival style game. Right. A lot of this can depend on if you allow your character specific types of gear or not. Yeah. And again, it, it all is about flavor. So you might wake up, for example, you might wake up in the middle of a battlefield. There goes the battlefield game again, but now you have just woken up and there's a firefight going on. Sure. The idea is I wake up in this position and I have no knowledge of it beforehand and I now have to deal with it. It's great for a group because it immediately, from a psychological level, the characters will immediately start to work together to try to figure the situation out or at least survive. And like the, you wake up on a desert island, on a deserted island or, you know, any remote location. Even if you leave the characters their equipment, right? So the first thing you have to do is Swiss Family Robinson a living situation so that you can explore outward to find out exactly what's going on. Because a deserted island could be a very small island, but it could be a very large island. Yeah, you could be on a half a continent or something. Australia is an island. Is an island. Sure. Island nation. And so. f- and finally, and I must say we saved this for last because, again, it doesn't start in the bar. Except. When it starts in a bar. In this scenario, it does start in a bar, but it's on fire. Why is it on fire? Who knows? That's why it starts. Bar is on fire. 
you get to figure it out or the storyteller gets to figure that out. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there's a raid. Maybe there's a monster attack. Maybe there's, who knows? Um, a rampaging wizard. It, it's on fire. There you go. That's, that's how it starts. First object, probably run out of the bar. Yeah. And then figure out the rest. <laughs> so these are just a couple of examples of ways you can interject a fun, get into the middle of the action start for your campaign or your story arc without starting, starting in a bar. bar. Are there any that you think we may have intrinsically missed? Obviously, we've missed a bunch, but if we've missed some that you think should be included in this, please write to us, info at goblinscorner.com, or you can reach me, eric, at goblinscorner.com, or me, matt, at goblinscorner.com. And of course, goblinscorner.com is our website. We have Twitter, at goblinscorner. We have Instagram, The Goblins Corner. We have Facebook, facebook.com slash Goblins Corner. You see the, uh, the pattern here. So, yeah. That's it uh, for tonight, folks. Once again, my name is Eric. And I'm Matt. Happy New Year, everyone. We'll see you next year. Happy New Year. The Goblins Corner is written and produced by Eric Holden and Matt Staples. Show song by the mighty D20. Don't we love that guy? This is a subterranean production.